Hello there, my name is Gabrielle and I am alone today. This is Partners in Crit. Welcome back if you are returning, if this is your first time listening to this podcast. That's going to sound weird, but uh, you may notice our last episode, I think, was last February. So it's been about a year. Um, Miles and I have not abandoned this project so much as we got run evicted from our home and then had to move, find new jobs, upend our whole life. It sucked there for a little while. If you don't know what rent eviction is, it's simply when your landlord's like, hey, I want to renovate the place, usually to make it worth more. In our case, it was to turn the building into Airbnbs, um, which I have a lot of thoughts on, but I won't be sharing them here because this is a D&D podcast. So welcome. Um, if you clicked on this episode, it's probably because you are interested in getting into DMing or you just like the sound of my voice. Hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> my god sorry i haven't done this in a while um so i'm just gonna do this one solo miles is currently working uh not here at this moment in time um he says hi though and he uh yeah so i'll get right into it so today's episode is going to be about dming and how to do that if you want to get into it for the first time. It can be a little intimidating. It can be a little... You want to do a good job, essentially. And you don't want your friends to look at you and go, Wow, you're dumb. And what? Uh, why am I wasting my time? That won't happen. Trust me. If you're even looking into DMing, it probably means you're fully capable of doing so. Um, because you probably already have a base knowledge of D&D. That is the first thing I will say. If you're a brand new player to D&D, DMing is probably not for you. And I, I'm going to say this very gently because <laughs> I don't want to discourage anybody's dreams. If you just want to be a DM, then yeah, you can do it. And, and you, but you'll have to do research is the thing that I'm trying to get at. You'll have to read the rule books. You'll have to understand um, the different variations in classes, in races, everything that goes into the game. Um, you'll have to know what a background is. You'll have to know, um, how to interact with players as a, as an NPC, um, You'll have to know how to calculate jump distance or, you know, some things you can Google on like the fly. Um, like I think jump distance is maybe not a good example to just know off of the top of your head. That's something you can easily just be like, all right, I want to jump far. Let me Google that real quick and we'll do the math. Um, but like you want to know a little bit about monsters and what kind of monsters um, exist in the game. And yeah, you're going to want to know actions in combat so you can help your players stay organized. Um, yeah, there's a lot that you're going to want to know. And I think starting there is the first place to start. So let's assume you've already done that. Let's assume you've been playing D&D &D for a little while and you understand the rules and you know them quite well. You've played a variety of characters um, and you're ready to get started. So the first thing I would say 
to be a good DM, you want to be comfortable with thinking on your feet. You can plan until the cows come home, but when your players don't go for the thing you want them to, let's say you send them a letter and the mailman shows up and he's like, here's a letter for you. It has a quest inside. Your players are like, great. Hey, mailman, what's your name? Well, suddenly as a DM, you're like, okay, um, well, my name is Timmy. Hi, how are you? <laughs> what if they become overly invested in Timmy? What if they follow the man as he leaves? And and then you have to come up with something for them to do. You can't just be like, Timmy runs faster than you've ever run and, and he disappears. Like, sometimes you can do that. Most of the time, you're going to be like, all right, you follow Timmy. What would you like to do? Do you want to, do you want to, do you not want him to see you? Do you care if he sees you? Do you want to become friends with Timmy? You know, give them options, essentially. Um, so just know <laughs> when you're DMing, you may prepare a full laundry list of things for them to do in a session. And you're like, all right, this is what we're getting done. And then they may do none of it. And you have to learn how to go with the flow and not even let on to your characters that they went completely off track. Um, sometimes they'll know they're going off track and some you'll get players sometimes who purposefully do that. Um, and you still want those people to have a good time. Now, if your players are simply not engaging with anything in the world, then maybe it's not on you and you have players who aren't playing the game in good faith. That's not on you. <laughs> um, so the first thing I would say, make sure that you have um, a good creativity behind you, a little bit of improvisational skills. Recently, I'll give you an example of this. Um, I wrote a session, uh, in the previous session, my characters had visited the tavern and then they went to sleep. Um, they did some shenanigans in the tavern. And then um, I was like, all right, we're going to end there. We'll come back next week. I like to write my sessions um, each, you know, before each session um, instead of writing out everything and then um, having it prepared like in advance, in advance, in advance, because they may not end up where I want them to. Um, so I prepared, um, <laughs> basically, I... The idea, they're going to wake up the next morning, go back into the tavern. That's what I wanted them to do. I was going to get them to roll insight or perception to see, oh, there's something going on in the tavern. And then we they wake up, and that just doesn't happen. They immediately get a little sidetracked. And so I, out of nowhere, decided, all right, before they even leave their caravan for the morning... I'm going to make the first person that wakes up, um, hey, can you roll me a, a perception check? And then um, I realized that character had a, a passive wisdom of like 18 or 20 or something. So I was like, all right, or not that, but something very high. And so I went, all right, you can hear a brawl outside. And so he woke the other characters and he, you know, they discussed this, they went out and there was a full-blown festival happening. And I had to come up with a festival on the fly because 
I, I, there was no way for me to get what I needed done by getting them into the tavern. It just, they weren't going to go back into the tavern and I could tell, but I did need some story things told. So I moved what was happening in the tavern to a festival outside. And we spent most of the session with my players investigating this, this festival. And they had a fun time. They're like, are there games? I was like, yeah, of course there are games. Uh, there's also food. Our our rogue um, was like, all right, can I dress up as one of the guards? Can I roll a performance check to see if I can act like a guard? And can I forge some sort of document that it, and go up to each of the different stalls and like basically fool them and tell them <laughs> that I'm an inspector or that they have to pay a permit fee or something like that? And I was like, yeah, if you roll well, we can do that. Like, you know what the guards look like. You can see them. So yeah, and so one of my characters just walked around scamming everybody. The others, one got into uh, a fighting ring. It, anyway, that kind of thing can happen. You can just end up in a pinch and you're like, all right, I have to come up with something here. So they'll still have fun and I'll still tell my story. And I did get to tell my story. So I want to transition into talking about your players. So when I said earlier, sometimes your players don't act in good faith, what I mean by that is sometimes you'll get a player that's like stubborn, won't engage with anything you're doing as a DM. And of course, you want your players to engage a little bit at least. Um, but sometimes your players engage and they get themselves into trouble. And you as a DM have to know where to draw the line of okay, there are no consequences for this thing you've done. You got away with it. Or you kind of have to know when to put your foot down and be like, you know what? You get caught uh, and you can't do the thing you're trying to do right now and now you're in jail or now you're in a fight or um, now you're unconscious and you don't know why. Um, so you really have to not be afraid to dole out some consequences. At the end of the day, if you're playing with a mature group of people, they'll understand, like, okay, I did a thing, there are consequences to my actions, that's fine. You may get some players who don't enjoy having consequences dealt out to them, but that's the game. And you as the DM have to balance um, a sense of a sense of consequence in the world for their actions so they don't just feel like, I own the world and I can do whatever I want. Um, so that uh, point, I'm just reading my little list. Um, I guess the other thing connected to the, you know, wanting to be improvisational is let's take the mailman example from earlier where the mailman comes in and he gives a letter and your players just want to follow the mailman. You as the DM, you're like, I have a whole session that I had planned. I kind of want them to f not follow the ma mailman. Well, there's two things I would say you need to do. First, look around the table. Are your players excited? Are they having fun? That is the main thing. If your players decide it's more fun to do the thing they want to do, let them. Let them come up with, and you can come up with something and maybe it'll change the whole thing. 
and maybe that's fine. Maybe you save the the idea for this um, campaign for another time and you write a whole story for the mailman. It, sometimes it is as simple as that. Sometimes you're able to work it in. Um, so maybe the mailman actually works for the big bad guy and he turns on them and then they have to read the letter. And so you sometimes you can actually make it work. But here's the rule of thumb. Are your players having fun? That is the correct way to go. You, your job as a DM is just to make sure that your players are having fun and anything past that, it's fine. As long as they feel fulfilled and feel like they're having a good session each time, then you've done your job and you've done it well. It can be hard to let go of your own ideas, your own preconceptions about what fun is. Um, but you have to be able to do that to be a DM. You have to be able to look at a situation and go, yeah, you know what? I yield. <laughs> I yield, and this is more fun than what I was doing. So we're going to do this now. Um, do, do, do. And only my notes. Um, oh, the other thing I'll say about fun, um, let's say your uh, players come up with an idea and you as the DM, you, like I said at the beginning, you want to know the rules of the game pretty well. So let's say you know the rules of the game pretty well and your characters want to do something that isn't possible. They want to shoot something into the clouds or they want to climb on the back of a dragon or they want to whatever it is, you have a choice to make. Do you stick to the rules and be a rules lawyer, which all DMs are at the end of the day. If you like DMing, it's because you like passing down rules and judgment. Um, usually, I won't say that for everybody, but I personally <laughs> know quite a few DMs um, who are like that. Um, or do you abandon the rules in, for the sake of fun? Now, I would say there's a balance to be had, you know, uh, the consequence thing comes into it as well. Like there are consequences for your players, um, breaking certain rules of your world. Um, but at the end of the day, if they're having fun, you can abandon the rules a little bit. You don't have to adhere to, especially when nat 20s come into play, anything can happen with a nat 20. You know, it's a world-shaking thing that occurs, and players love it when you give them when you give them exactly what they're looking for with a nat 20. And usually what they're looking for is some sort of, like, I've done the impossible. So sometimes you got to let your players do the impossible and that's okay sometimes, of course, like, you know, you got to know the rules, but you also want to know that you can let go a little bit and that's also part of the improv thing. Um, so before I get into, um, like items you may want as a DM, stuff like that, I do want to say two other things. So First, when you start DMing, you are in control of player leveling. So let's say you start at level three and um, you want your characters to level up 
milestones with milestones or let's say you want them to level up with experience this is all on you you have to decide which one you want to do you can't swap back and forth you have to decide there are benefits to both i would say there are more benefits to milestone leveling than there are to xp leveling but um, again the rules lawyers of DD would tell you xp leveling is superior so <laughs> it's kind of well not all of them but a lot of a lot of them would say that I personally believe in milestone leveling, so your players have defeated a big monster and they've, or they've uncovered um, a big secret or that sort of thing, um, then you can tell them at the end of the session, hey, next session, level up your character and bring in your sheet and we will um, continue on. You'll be a level higher. Um, the reason milestone leveling doesn't always work is because your your characters can get a little antsy and be like, well, when are we going to level up? Like, I need to level up. I want this new spell. Or we need to level up. Like, I can't do this until I get leveled up. So you have to kind of play as you go with milestone leveling. Like, are they too antsy and they really do need to level up just because they're antsy? Like, all right, well, they did this one thing. I could count that. Um, Or do you kind of go, you know what? I don't think that was a milestone. Um, so it's kind of up to you to determine which is which. Experience leveling I've personally never done, but I do know there are benefits to it. So if you've ever played a game like RuneScape or any game with any sort of XP, in fact, Baldur's Gate 3 is an XP leveling um, game. Oh, sorry, I'm running. Oh, sorry, I had to yawn. Um, I'm not going to edit this episode too badly, so hopefully... I paused it in time for you to not hear me yawn fully. Um, so let's say, uh, so in, for example, in Baldur's Gate 3, which is a D&D uh, video game, by the way, for anyone who doesn't play video games. Um, <clears throat> essentially, in Baldur's Gate, like you kill a monster, you get a certain amount of XP. You fool somebody, you get a certain amount of XP. You unlock a chest, you get a certain amount of XP. You can do it like that. And it's harder because <laughs> you have to know how many XP points to give them per thing. Um, but you can certainly do it. The benefit I see with XP leveling is that it motivates your characters to do more in your world to gain XP. So they can also see when they're going to level up um, if they choose to keep track of their XP alongside you. I And I would recommend keeping track of your own player's XP. And the only reason I say that is just because your players are not going to want to pull themselves out of the game, out of the game every five seconds to do that. Um, well, sometimes they will. Some, you know, and some DMs are like, you know, what? I've got too much on my play. I can't also keep track of all your XP. This is another reason I have my hand up to my mouth. This is another reason why milestone leveling is very easy <laughs> and way preferable because you don't have to keep track of numbers and all that stuff. Um, but it is up to you as a DM and that is something, a choice you have to make. Um, what is next? Do, 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 do. Feedback. Feedback from your players. I would recommend every once in a while, if not every session, Look your characters in the eyes, your your friends that you're playing with or your group, and say, hey, 
what did you like about this session and why? And if you have uh, a good group, they'll usually be like, oh, well, you know, that fight we just did, that was a lot of fun. I really liked this mechanic. Um, and they'll tell you. If they don't say too much, you know, don't take it to heart. Don't take it like you've done something wrong. Sometimes some people just don't know how to give feedback. Um, and that's not on you. Some people don't know the game well enough to give feedback. Like, for example, um, there's a new player in my group who's never played D&D before. And I think if I were to ask her to give me feedback on a fight, like, hey, what'd you think? She might not know that, like, um, a Hydra normally has, like, five heads and, and, like, that that's a thing and that, you know, all of the mechanics of that. So if you change something, they may not even notice. Um, so in that case, you may not get feedback if your players are relatively new as well. Um, most people, though, will be able to tell you one or two things that they liked about your session. And yeah, trust that you're playing with a group of people who trust you, trust their fun in your hands. You know, you're playing for hours at a time. My group, we play for hours at a time every Monday night. So we have our nights set aside to do this. So, you know, in a way you're responsible for their fun, but they can also be a little tiny bit responsible for their own fun by giving you feedback. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about, uh, things that you want as a DM, like items, like actual physical things in the real world that will help you. So first of all, you want to always keep an updated copy of all of your players, um, character sheets, and I recommend keeping them with you so you have a chance to review them at the end of each session. You know, their items are going to change each session, their, you know, various things. Um, so, and it's not necessarily to keep your players honest so much as it is, hey, you may need to play in your next session based around that. Um, so I'd recommend keeping your character sheets with you. If they use physical copies, just keep the physical copy with you, unless a player really wants to keep it, in which case I would say just let them. Um, but keep a photo of it. If it's digital, then, you know, it's not really a problem. You'll always have it. I like physical copies of sheets. I think it's much more immersive, but that's just me. Some people, um, for a various amount of reasons um don't like keeping physical character sheets and that's totally valid so um next thing you'll want set of dice at least one set um i would recommend physical dice but you can totally find um dice rollers on the internet i think google even has a has a setting like that if you type in like roll a d6 for me or something it will so you can do it like that if it's not accessible to you to purchase your own set of dice. Um, a way to keep track of your milestones is in my notes. I don't know why that's here. Give me one second to look at my notes and determine what I meant. You know what? I don't know what I meant. We may come back to that. <laughs> uh, that's all I wrote. I didn't write anything else in my notes. Um, so... Uh, the next thing I would suggest if you're a brand new DM 
let's say you are really creative and you want to write your own homebrew thing totally totally fine go right ahead i would say though it might be easier for your first time dming to buy the DD essentials kit and play through dming the adventure that comes with it um it's a uh, dragon of ice spire peak um i think is the one that i have i think that might be the one that comes with every essentials kit but it's essentially everything you need to create characters play new adventures um yeah so I would recommend the essentials kit for that so that you have something to start DMing with. But the most interesting thing in the essentials kit for me is the DM screen. The DM screen is incredibly useful. And let me tell you why. It has so many resources resources on it. So it has all of the actions in combat written right on it on the inside. So you can just look up and be like, um, oh, actually, you can take the dodge action. That's an option for you. So it's a little reminder for you as the DM. Again, I wouldn't rely on this wholeheartedly. You still do want to know the rules, but it is an option, <laughs> and it is quite helpful when you've got a lot on your plate, especially when you've got more than, like, three or four players. Um, it has all the conditions, so, like, unconscious, paralyzed, charmed, frightened, all of them and descriptions of them so you can quick reference um especially if you have like a player that's like uh no i actually think it's like that you can you can simply look up and and be like yeah you're right or no or whatever um tells you about cover it, it gives you um general prices for like things in the world so like a mug of ale is four copper pieces apparently so like you can just look up and look at that it also has like um help for setting dcs so like a very easy dice check um which is what dc means um would be five nearly impossible would be 30. so if you need a quick reference for that um it has so much it has all the skills so if you're you don't have a character sheet right up in front of you you can be like can you roll a hmm what would that be let me look up my list of skills um so it's just like a little it's a little reference for you as a dm and i find it incredibly useful you can make your own dm screen honestly with some like um, cardboard or like uh, and write these things on the inside yourself totally you could um, I do like the way that this one is formatted so that's a recommendation for me um, personally I've been using this DM screen for a little while there are probably other ones online as well with references on the inside but if especially if you're a new DM it's extremely useful even if you're not a new DM it can be useful sometimes and not have to think as much. <laughs> um, so that is kind of all I wanted to cover in this episode. If there's anything you have questions on, you can feel free to message our Instagram account, Partners in Crit, um, on Instagram, all one word, Partners in Crit. Um, uh, if you type in PC Pod, it may also come up. And just send us a DM. And if it doesn't let you for some reason, um, I think on our website you can also leave comments. So I'll, I'll try to check on that as well. Um, I, I think 
Do we have threads? Well, I'll get threads for the podcast as well, and you can send us a, a little thread if that is an option for you. Um, but yeah, that's all I kind of wanted to cover in this episode. Uh, totally reach out if you have any questions that you feel I may be able to answer. Um, I'm more than happy to do so. I love to help people get started with D&D, um, especially DMing. But, you know, if, even if you're, if you're just a player, reach out. Like, I can help you, um, probably. <laughs> and if I can't, I, ha- I know so many DMs. <laughs> uh, and I'll find the answer for you. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, The Partners in Crit podcast will be returning shortly. I do have to talk to Miles about when we're kind of coming back. I may end up uploading the second half of the last episode um, if I still have it. Uh, Again, my whole life got... got thrown upside down, so um, I may not still have it, but I think I might. So... Yeah. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.